Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner podcast devotees and followers. The great Matt Geib here with you once again uh, in the middle here or toward the end maybe of February, and I am once again just really excited about the guest we're going to bring on today, a friend of mine and for the past four years that I met through the Kingdom Company, now we call it Coaching School, and I met him at a conference, and it's just it's mind-boggling to me the transformation that has taken place in this young man's life that I've seen. I put down here, he wrote, wrote in his bio that I've been reading through, uh, he's ha- taken his rightful place as a five-fold champion, prophet, pastor, teacher, mentor, coach, and friend. And it is as if he read my mind, because when I was writing this up, I put down that my friend here, his name is Justin Blair from Washington, D.C., was a five-fold minister extraordinaire. And I, I'm not trying to blow up, smoke up anybody's butt, or I'm not trying to elevate him, but I really mean that in God. Um, boy, this man has so many gifts that God has given him, but probably one of the greatest things I see in his life is his humility, and it's just an amazing thing that's happened since I met him at a conference four years ago down in Tampa. And we'll talk maybe about some of that today. So without further ado, here is, um, I don't know what you're referring yourself to, Pastor, as Pastor. To me, you're Pastor, Pastor Justin Blair, but you're much more than that. So my good friend, Justin Blair. Yes, yes, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. I I tell you, the, the feeling is mutual, and you know that. We've, we've talked at nauseam about this, about how I feel about you. And I just, I give God thanks for the opportunity uh, just to, to have this kind of one-on-one with you. I, we don't get a chance to talk like this often. A lot of times you're, you are honoring me and, and, and making me cry and all the different things. Uh, but we don't get a chance to talk like this one-on-one. And I, and I always look forward to hearing the wisdom and the, um, just the, 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 that everything that you come with, you you come with so such a rich, um, just knowledge of God, and and you're you know especially as a teacher, I've learned so much from you, and I want to thank God for you. Uh, thank you for that really cool introduction. I, I give God thanks. I trust me, I give God thanks in it all. I tell people this all the time, and I you know this, Matt. I saw I'm I'm just a weirdo. I'm God's God's favorite weirdo. So you can call me whatever you want to call me. That doesn't change who I am in the Lord. It doesn't change. It's not going to change me at all. Um, I am a pastor. I, you know, I'm a prophet, all the, all the things, uh, that, that, that I am. But, but most, most importantly, I'm a son. And uh, that's how I like to be remembered. I'm just a son of God. And, and what that looks like is different for each person. So. Amen. Um, I think maybe I'm going to go down here to kind of the end of your bio and pick out something that kind of struck me. Sure. Um, you had been through, boy, I call those the, the, the light afflictions that Paul talked about. Um, and they don't always feel so light to us. Well, you've been through family hurt, church hurt. We, we'll probably get into some of that. You and I have 
a little bit of a similar story about that, unfortunately. Um, but here we are. You said you were all ready to write a book and end your life. Yeah. And then you came to the King's Company conference. That was in Tampa, and I believe that was 2019. Yeah. Um, March, and somewhere. I, yeah, March. Mm-hmm. And you, um, at that point, I want to know, because when you came down there, you seemed so, to me, just like a big hurting bear. I knew you were a loving guy, but you were just, to me, you seemed like you were in a lot of pain. Uh, and then we were in the room and we prayed for you, and it's like, Right there, the lights came on and something changed. If you want to talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man. I, I often go back to that moment because, you know, I have to remind myself and other people that I didn't always used to be the way that I am today. And and it's it's mm-hmm. it's mind-boggling because cause you're right. You know, I I grew up in church my whole life and um, you know, was, was raised in, in leadership, you know, you know, raised to be a leader and all these different things. But, um, you know, you, I mean, you know, you, you obviously have years ahead of me, right? And so, you know, the whole, the age old story about how they raise, how we were raised in church to, to believe certain things and to act a certain way or to look a certain way. And I'm no, you know, I'm no different. I was, I grew up in church to make sure I, I can't, wore my Sunday best and all of different things. But, you know, as a child, I was, uh, you know, severely abused and, and mm. you know, with, with all this stuff. So I'm carrying around all of this pain that I don't really know how to, to deal with because I was I was made to feel like therapy was bad and, you know, God should be able to heal everything. And, he, and the fact that – and I thought, frankly, I thought that I was fine because right. you know, I didn't think about it. You know, you know, once I got – became an adult, you know, I – I, uh, you know, was just kind of going on with life until, you know, things began to hit and those feelings became, you know, started coming back up in different ways. Uh, you know, one of the biggest ways it came back up was when I got, when I got sick, I was diagnosed with cancer and that was the first time mm. I'd ever been, I'd ever been sick. Like I never had any kind of real illness apart from maybe a cold or something like that and just normal stuff. Um, and my mother had passed. I didn't have a relationship with my dad and my brothers. Um, so I'm literally living my life, you know, as, as a young man, uh, no real role models. Um, the only people that I really looked to were the people that I grew up with in the church that I'd been in for 30 years, 30 plus years. Um, and so they were the church that I grew up in. They were very stoic people, um, mm. you know, spirited. But when it came to like real issues, there was a lot of teaching uh, about, you know, it, you know, a lot of teaching in the word. So I knew the word. Right. But the practicality of it, the application of it, what it looks like in my life or what it looked like in my life was where I struggled uh, mm. and where they struggled to really. Um, teach you or walk, walk with you, you know, walk you through. And so I'm sitting here armed with all this knowledge and all this word. And I begin to feel guilty for feeling the things that I felt, even, even with being sick, you know, I was like, I have to just keep pushing. If I keep pushing through, if I keep attending, if I keep going, then maybe, you know, I'll just, I'll get my healing and, you know, maybe God will see that I'm working really hard to, to do everything right and so on. So, 
that didn't happen that way. And uh, I got sicker and sicker as I began to take more and more medication in my church, the church that I grew up in. Now you have to, you have to be like, you know, picture it, right? I'm 31. I'm 30. Church is 30. I'm, I'm 30. The church is 29 because I, I was the first youth in the church. Mm. I grew up in this church. Every the pastor, I like they everybody knows me. Everybody who's in the church knew me from, from a little boy. So we're not talking about like some random church. We're talking about my family, right? People who are supposed to know me and to love me and things like that. I found out when I got sick and I wasn't able to, you know, show up. I was a, I was a chief musician, chief mm. worship leader. Taught the wow. choir, led the choir, directed the choir, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, you know, because I got sick, I wasn't able to to keep up with those commitments consistently. And my pastor, who was like a mother to me, she decided that I was being insubordinate, or you know, and and just sort of sat me down. You know, I had that mm-hmm. had that uh, had this. Now, mind you, they knew what was going on. They could see physically that I was sick. So, you know, uh, uh, so on top of the child abuse, sexual abuse, I lost my mother at 16, mm. lived with my dad, who I didn't know, you know, who had to move in with my dad, who I didn't know because of my abusive stepfather, uh, uh, lived with my brothers who I didn't grow up with. You know, they are older to my two older brothers who I didn't grow up with. I'm completely abandoned, rejected, completely a stranger in this environment that I'm in. I'm in this church that were with people that I thought knew me, that I thought cared about me, were connected to me on a deeper level apart from just what I brought to the table on Sundays. Then I got sick and I and they basically just kind of threw me away. So I'm dealing with that. You know, wow. and and so that's sort of compounding, right? And I, the Lord leads me to another ministry. I left mm. that. I left to focus on try to get well. He leads me to another ministry where I did receive healing. I was able. I mean, we can talk about that and in in detail another time. But I was able to receive healing there, and I began to serve. I I, I was officially ordained a pastor there, and I began serving. Um, but. It very soon turned into an authoritarian, and maybe it was always authoritarian, but I mean, it was very aggressive, very, um, you know, they were very, very author- authoritative and, and wanted to control everything. And mm. um, that presented a lot of problems um, in terms of my the, me being able to be, enjoy, you know, doing what I do for the Lord and... Um, serving him and, and trying to do everything right, right? Uh, long story short there, I one of the other pastors who happened to be the same friend that brought me into the church, uh, I guess became jealous that I was advancing so quickly. Um, I become a pastor very quickly after I joined and, you know, I was like really serving, really working hard. Um, and he ended up lying on me. And I found out that he lied and, and, and I couldn't get a, a, a meeting with, you know, to get it resolved. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to bring, you know, all the things that you should do. And according to the word, you know, bring if you have fault or ought against your brother, bring it to him, da, 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 all that. Trying to do all of that. They didn't want to do any of that. The senior pastor there 
didn't uh, he was a resident pastor this is the sort of the structure that they had in place resident pastors were higher than regular pastors and then there's a senior pastor and then there's a bishop so you know the the senior pastor didn't want didn't want me to bring up any sort of issue against the resident pastor you know all the things mm. so um again long story over i ended up getting kicked out because i refused to do anything else. I was like, I'm not playing another thing. I'm not singing, not doing anything. Mm. I'm not putting up any chairs because we were in a school or we were in a place where we had to set up and break down every Sunday. Every time we went in, we had to set up and break down. I was like, I'm not doing anything else until we get this situation resolved. And the senior pastor didn't like that. She took, I guess, personal offense to that. Um, And they publicly, before I could even get home, I'm getting phone calls saying, Justin, are you okay? What happened? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Apparently, they had sent out a text saying that I was excommunicated from the church. I was no longer a pastor. I'm no longer this, no longer the director of music. I'm not to, nobody's to to talk to me. And And so I've got all of that compounded. I mean, I I was able to receive healing from the Lord, but we're talking years of rejection. We're talking years of neglect, right? From my family and from my church. Then I got sick. The Lord healed me. Then I go through this experience at this church and all of this is compounding. And Mm. I just felt like I was just this orphan, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, And so I was like, this really, you know, I didn't, I still no fan, no Family that was the person that I was closest to was my mother, and she had passed, she's long gone at this point, mm. uh, back home with the Lord. Um, I didn't have any contact with the people that I grew up with, the friends that I made. No one called and checked, even to even to this day. Very few of those friends, the people that I grew up with, very few of them actually call me. And and when I call them, it's like pulling teeth just to, I'm mm. like, I have known you my wow. entire life. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Mm. Um, no communication now with the church that I got kicked out of. And so I decided, I, le- I left that church in November, uh, around December time. Uh, I decided I was just going to write a book. Um, and I put something, I guess I was looking it up how to write a book, ghostwrite. And then, you know, the, the targeted ad hit my Facebook and, uh, you know, met with the uh, King's company. That's when I, how I connected with the King's company. And I started taking what is called a, a course called SGINA, spiritual, gifts, right. um, the spiritual gifts course. And through the spiritual gifts course, this was before we got into the creative writing course, the spiritual right. gifts course that Tyler Frick uh, was teaching through those. This is not one-on-one, no one-on-one coaching, n- nothing, no pastoring. I wasn't in church. I'm talking about just the teaching mm-hmm. that was pre-recorded and, and released. God affirmed me. He validated the way that I felt yes. about ministry, about him, about church, he validated the way that I felt and he made me feel like I wasn't this crazy, strange person to have certain expectations of God and what the church should be. I I, I wasn't wrong in those things. 
I wasn't wrong to expect that people should be treated with love and with, you know, despite what they're, what they're going through, despite their lifestyle, despite what, you know, they may be struggling with, they should be treated with respect and with love and they shouldn't be exploited for their gifts and, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. If somebody is sick, you know, they should be prayed for. They should be, you know, somebody should be, those are all things that I thought I was crazy for believing. And those are things that I did, even at my, my, the church that I grew up in, I was a leader of the, the, the music department and I would teach the, I, there was a lot of young boys, young guys that were in the quote, the music department that I had to teach. I had to, and I was like, I'm not just going to teach you about music. I'm actually going to teach you about ministry because that's what this is. And I began teaching and I got word back that I wasn't supposed to be teaching because I, she, my, my pastor thought I might be trying to start my own church. And I'm like, mm. no, I'm just teaching these young men how to apply the word to their lives because they were young. And my pastor, my pastor, at the, you know, she was she's very she was very uh, intelligent. So the way that she taught was very, very academic. And very smart. So if, if you, it was like lectures, right? So if you weren't into that kind of thing, you were falling asleep, falling over, da da da. Me, I'm taking notes. I'm taking. Notes. That's just how I, I, I like to learn that way. So I, I used to get accused of, you know, doing all these different things, but all those things were validated. And uh, I finished. I didn't even get to the creative writing por- portion because by the time I finished the spiritual gifts course, I was like a new life had come into me, and I just felt like. All right, Lord, you, I'm not so weird after all. So, um, here, here I am. I, I jump in my car, drive 15 hours down to Tampa uh, to go to this conference. And you know, Matt, you're right. I even on the first day of the conference that I when I when I got there, I didn't come down from my room because I was so nervous to meet people. Uh, that I didn't know. And, and especially, I mean, I have nothing against white people. For those of you who don't know, I'm a black man. So for, for I have nothing against white people, but I didn't go to a predominantly white church. I had a lot of white friends from school, but, you know, I didn't really hang out with a lot of people in general, let alone, um, you know, believers that were that did not believe or did not serve the way that I serve. Um and so it was it was very uncomfortable for me. I'm an introvert. I'm an INFJ personality, which is really weird, really uncomfortable. But I drove 15 hours and uh, I finally came down and it was just the conference portion portion was just the most relaxing experience mm-hmm. that I had that really broke down my defenses. I remember Kelly Marie took us through an exercise that I never forget in my life. I, I, and I, rem- I still to this day vividly remember the experience that I had with with God with, that she mm. was leading us through. And then we went to, you know, our friend Melissa Van Shike's house uh, where I got a chance to really get to know or spend time with uh, all of the, the people there in the King's Company at the time. And Matt, you were one of them. And, um, you know, I'm a big guy. And I'm very sensitive, always have been. I've always been made to feel weird about being a sensitive man. Um, very, very uh, passionate and loving. Um, but, you know, I look like a linebacker, right? Like I look like this big guy, right? And so people expect yep. for me to, and that's how I was raised. I was raised to to be this person that I just I wasn't connecting with in, internally. And, um, 
you know, suffered a lot of abuse because of that. You know, people, mm. a lot of people call me all types of gay and, mm. you know, all the, all the things, you know. Um, and so I was very reluctant to sort of talk about myself. Um, and, uh, because I was around, I was around people that I don't know, you know, but I was there and Holy Spirit literally took over. Kelly Marie, uh, is a bona fide prophet. She was led by the spirit to, to really minister to me in that time. And, and that's when, um, you know, um, everyone there, all the, the first, at first the women comforted me. Um, mm. and then when I, then I thought it was, I mean, they were comforting me and prophesying to me and, and praying over me. And then, uh, after the women finished, um, I thought it was over. I was going to sit down and mind my business. And then, and then Tyler, uh, corralled all of the men who were there. Matt was one of those men. You were one of those men who were there and you all laid hands on me, began to prophesy to me. I mean, and by that time I was a, a complete an utter wreck. I mean, I don't, I'm somebody who doesn't really cry a lot or doesn't like to cry rather in front of a lot of people, but I was, and much less people I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Just a wreck. I was a mess. And um, afterward, I obtained the authority. I mm. felt it. Yes. I felt it come on. Yes. After, you know, Matt and Tyler, Noah, Justin and Tim, you all laid hands on me and, and prophesied into me um, and over me. I felt, I felt different. You know, God, God mm. through Tyler said that he was uh, erasing the word rejection, mm. rejected from my yes. heart and that, writing the word um, uh, son. And I tell you, from that point, I, I, I mean, it's almost like it's it's really hard for me to remember anything before then. I have to like think about wow. all the things that happened wow. before that moment. But it was at that moment that I changed into another man. The Bible said, yes. when the spirit yes. of the Lord fell upon Saul, he became another man, literally yes. somebody yes. different. And uh, man, I feel the Holy Spirit with us right now. Yes. Um. And 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 I I never after I mean I was what thirty one at this point thirty two maybe, but for the first time in my life I felt a genuine change and a genuine mm. shift in my life, and from that point on, I, I've been with I've been running with the King's Company for three and a half four years now, and um. You know, we, we, you know, together, the Lord has been developing me. He has, he developed Mm. me as a pastor, right? I have this heart that I can't really shake, you know, for people. Um, but, but now, um, I'm, I'm sitting in the office or standing in the office of the prophet and I'm, I'm getting Mm. to know what that looks like for me. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that I have the space to do it without there being any competition, without there being any threats, I'm a, I'm not a threat to anybody. I'm not like you know I I don't feel like I'm in competition with anybody, which is what it always was in the in the church settings that I had been in. It was always you know a competition, right? That's that's mm. why my friend lied on me because he he felt like I was competing with him, or I was he maybe he thought that I was better than him or advancing more quickly than him. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's God. And mm. I I'm just along for the ride. And when I realized that God was 
what what God being my father really meant, man, I'm walking in this thing every day, Elder. I'm, mm. I am mm. experiencing God as my father every mm. single day. And you know what? My goal and my passion in life from this point on is to make sure that everybody else has that same experience. Not my experience, but their own personal yes. experience yes. with the Father. The Father. Yes. The Father. He wants to be our Father. Yes, He's God. Yes, He is God. He is the creator of the universe. He's this cosmic, spiritual being. Yes, but that's not how He wants us to know Him. He wants to be God to the angels. And to Satan, and to the—that's how he wants. He wants. He wants to be that big, scary God that we try to portray. He wants to be that to the angels, and to and to and to you know the enemy and all that. But to us, he's a tender, mm. loving, passionate, compassionate, merciful uh, father, and and. Man, every single day I get to experience what that looks like, and I and I want for others to be able to experience that well. I know that was a mouthful, about half oh, hour worth of talking, but I love it. Um, yeah, well, there's, that's, that's where I am. There's so many things I just picked up on. Um, wow, I, I would say when I met you, I I kind of had the impression that you kind of. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I know that you were going through the SGINA videos because at the time, mm-hmm. um, and I think what help helps us all or helped us all process that is after every video, you had to give um, yourself a video on how that yeah. impacted you, yeah. what you learned, <laughs> and I think that that primed you and set you up for the conference. And then when you came to the conference, I got the feeling that you kind of just. Maybe I'm wrong. It was kind of a spontaneous thing, but I know God was behind it. Where you just jumped in the car and you said, "I'm going." Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's it. But maybe, maybe you have. It's not like you made a big plan like I did. I had to fly from Seattle. No, uh, it, it's just kind of a spur of the moment thing. Yeah, and I actually but it was wor- really impacted by the spirit. The spirit was driving you to do that. completely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because I wasn't going to come. I wasn't. I, I, I'm like, I don't know these people. I'm not comfortable. Right. I was making all types of excuses. Literally, um, the Thursday, the conference was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Thursday, I decided and I packed my bag that day and jumped in my car and, and left <laughs> that day. Thankfully, I had right. to look after my dogs. So I didn't have to worry about that. But And, and that is something like you were saying the old Justin. Yeah kind of a shy individual. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have done that. Never ever right? in a million years. No. Because <laughs> these people in one we were all kind of strangers in a way to you. Yeah. You were all every I mean I knew I had been I had talked to Tyler a few times over the phone, you know, a little bit. I mean, but I mean I was I was a mess, a real big mess. I mean, I was mm. like, you know, I was confused. I wasn't going to church. So that you know, I hadn't been going I had been going to church and serving in church my entire life. So this whole online experience was new. Putting myself on video was brand new. Like to me, I I had never done anything like that before and Mm. never thought that I would. And, you know, here I am being required to do it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, whatever. You know, Tyler helped with, you know, with, and, and, and you all actually helped 
with that part of it, but going and being, you know, driving and, or, and, 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 you know, I had to book a hotel. I, I was booking my mm. hotel in the car on the way <laughs> because I, I had no plans to, to come. And I, I tell you, that probably was the first time I can genuinely say that I was moved by the, that I was led by the spirit and actually acted without being prompted by any other force, right? Right. On my own. Um, because every time I had done it before, I got in trouble for it. Matter of fact, I was, I remember I was in Sacramento serving at the, my last church. They sent me to Sacramento to help with the church launch there. And I was praying for these people. I mean, you know, when I, you know, I go all in when I pray and, mm. and so on. Um, I was praying for these people and the Holy, I heard Holy Spirit clearly say, pour the oil around their feet. And so mm. I did and followed the leading and I, I, you know, whatever church is over and I reported back to the leadership and I got in trouble for pouring right. oil right. on the ground. Like mm. I, I was, I was told that I, that wasn't leading of the spirit. I didn't, I should have, mm. because now they have to spend money to fix to get the carpet cleaned <laughs> and all that. And I wasn't like, I didn't use discretion. Mm. So that, you know, that, that really can stunt you. Now I get that we have to, that we have to learn, right? We have, you know, but, um, you know, we need to be given the space to learn, um, the space to do those things. Just like the, just like the disciples. Amen. Right? Amen. Disciples came to Jesus and said, "Jesus, why why couldn't we cast them out? Cast out this, cast out that devil." They had the opportunity to try, and it didn't work for them. But Jesus allowed it so that He could use it as a teachable moment to show them that here's another aspect that you haven't yet learned. So now you can learn about fasting and praying, right? Right. It's not just about performance, and it's not just about belief. Sometimes, sometimes you some things don't go out. But by fasting and praying, he was able to teach them. He didn't reprimand them and said you should no. have been. He never did any of that. He was, no, you know, and he, and, and he sent them out two by two while he was right. still living. You know, to go and practice, to go and to go and put these things, these teachings into action so that and then report back so that you can tell me how and they came back said oh my god jesus we you know we were you know peep demons you know came out at just at the mention of your name da 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 and he's and he began to use that as a teachable moment as well i mean jesus was always teaching and i feel like yes. prior to the king's company i was just being led by the spirit not knowing i was being led by the spirit but really had no practical training right to know what to do what not to do what was appropriate what wasn't appropriate and i just got in trouble like i just got yelled right. at reprimanded sat down see that's humiliated I, I, you and i have a similar path that way and what i found in the last 15 years especially and i know you found it now too i'll just say this loving leadership like jesus was with the disciples gives people space to fail mm -hmm. and a loving godly leader jesus you or me hopefully you or not yes we don't get all uptight when somebody messes up not all, not at all not because at all. that's the way they're going to learn yeah right? and 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 <laughs> we see so many examples of of the disciples 
missing the mark or or not applying right. what they had learned and Jesus saying, "Ugh, you know, you guys are you guys had lack faith or whatever the case may be, but he used it as a teachable moment. He never beat them up for not getting it right. Like but he all right. and Paul was like that too. Paul was like Paul said, "Look, if I had my choice, I would be at, I would go ahead and go home and be with my father in heaven, but it's for your sake." that I remain, right? Because right. I, I want to make sure you come into the full knowledge. I want to make sure you that you're good. I want to make sure that you can do it and that you can replicate it over and over and then teach it over and over and over before I just leave you like to the, leave you to the lurch, you know, leave, leave you to the wolves. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make sure that you're no. fully equipped. I'm going to make sure that you're fully trained and I'm going to make sure that you're fully, um, that you're fully confident and the gifts and and the power that that you have been given to take the kingdom by force, and you know, I I, I in my role now I take that very seriously. You know, mm-hmm. there there are, I mean, people are hurting and people are lost, especially in this new age sort of age that we're living in. Uh, where people are looking for God, but are, are be, but because of the lack of good leadership, like you said, loving leadership, or maybe I don't know if there's a lack of it, but because of people have not experienced um, good leadership or, or or proper leadership, they're they're looking for God in other ways, mysticism, spirituality, mm, yes, uh, you know, you know, tar- tarot and all the things that they, they think right. they're. They think they found God, or they think they're finding God through chakras and you know whatever those things are, stones. I don't know. I'm, I'm not doing it, so I don't know. But they think because they get a good feeling, and and they don't. What they don't realize is number one, they're opening up doors that they they open. They're opening up themselves up to things that they just they don't know anything about. Um, and number two, it's this. It's not the. It's not God. God's not in that, and uh, no. it makes it more difficult for folks like me and you to reach those people because there's they've been so wounded right I, I remember like you said when I came to you I was like a wounded bear and I was um I didn't know that I was like that I thought I was being normal like even mm. I thought I was just a normal guy until you know the Lord sent Kelly and he sent you and he sent uh Tyler and he sent all these people to um to tell me that first of all the spirits that I came in with the the that that I had been holding on to as friends they got kicked out right that that spirit of rejection had been my friend for so long that I didn't even realize that it wasn't a, that it was a bad thing I just thought that this was just who I was right uh, wow see that that you know you and I and the people and I'm not trying to elevate a group of people, but I know in my heart, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree, that, you know, I've been at this a long time, but God is calling out a people oh, yeah. that are going to build a new kind of a church um, that's not going to be all hemmed in by walls and a steeple and all that. We're building a new church. Uh, it's hard for me to put into words where the leadership is so loving, they don't 
it's not about them being top down like I'm your general and you better submit to me. It's about a loving relationship. Like one old preacher once told me, he said, the leadership in the church should be, you know, just like the sheep, sheep, because they're with the sheep, they should smell like the sheep. And you and I come from places and I, I think there's still a lot of it out there. Oh yeah, I mean, but we're finding a group of people that are are like you and I of like heart that are coming out of that, creating this new loving model of what church should be like. Yeah. But there's so many people. I I wrote down a number of things where you went through, and I've went through the same thing. Here's people you were raised with in the church. You were brought up in diapers yes. in this one church, and they had no empathy for no you. No empathy. It's like whatsoever. it's like a there's a idea in the church today that spiritual means that we're real stoic and we're real powerful and we can't ever let down our guard. Mm-hmm. But that's, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. There's, I do. And then yeah. I used to hear the word accountability from my pastor a lot. You got to be accountable. You got to be accountable. And one time I stopped him. I said, you know, pastor, that's a two-way street. That's right. And it was never two-way where I went. So I, I wonder if you could – and then you talked about being – God is such a compassionate daddy, and you're experiencing that daily, and I am too. Maybe you could speak to that uh, uh, somewhat as how we get there yeah. away from that austere, authoritarian, stoic model that you and I have yeah. grew up around. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know I, I, I mean, really – it is a very simple concept, but for whatever reason, it it is not carried out or walked commonly among b- believers. No. Just follow what Jesus did. Even, even Paul, right? Paul, the Holy Spirit just dropped this into my spirit. Paul went to go meet with Peter. The second time. Mm, right. He went to go meet with Peter the second time, found out that Peter had started circumcising people again. And he got angry because he was like, you actually walked with Jesus. You actually, you actually experienced him in real life. I, Paul didn't get a chance to do that. He, he didn't get to, to walk with Jesus like Peter and, and those did. And they were reverting back to a, to a um to that to the very model that we're actually experiencing today where it's this I'm your general and you listen to me this is the right thing to do and you do this because that's essentially what he was doing meanwhile Paul was sacrificing his life in jail for the majority of it saying I lo-, he told the Romans I long to be with you I long to come to you that we might, I might, we might be, we might mutually benefit from each other's gifts, not just me as the apostle, but I want to experience your gifts too. I want to be blessed and to be, and, I, and to experience your gift much like Jesus did. Jesus told John the Baptist, he said, you baptize me. I, I know who I am. You know who I am. I understand that you don't feel worthy to to tie my bootstraps. That's cool. But I am not the baptizer. Mm. Just like you are not the savior. I want to experience what you right. do in the way that you do it. Yes, yes. He he walked with them. He lived with them. He experienced when he went into Peter's house and his mother, Peter's mother in law was sick. If if they didn't, if Jesus didn't know. 
these people, there's no way that, that Peter would have allowed some random dude to just start coming in and like, right. You know what I mean? Praying for his mother-in-law and, and coming into his family, coming into his house and all that. It was no way. Jesus and Lazarus and Martha, they knew each other. They were friends. They were family, you know, like, and so, and so yes, the, the pastors should leaders, ch- church leaders should smell like the sheep. They don't make the same types of decisions that sheep make from that perspective, because from God's perspective, we're all sheep, right? But like when you're a ministry leader, you grow into being a ministry leader. Some things that you used to do, you don't do anymore. And you've learned and all the different things. And then you go and teach somebody else. But that's just not the way that we structure or or the church is structured. Um, and, And yeah, we've got, there are people who are the Bible says this. Uh, Jesus said this. I, I believe in some 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 sort of way. I think he says this somewhere in one of the Gospels. He says, um, "People are going to be longing. Even the he even the even the heathens are going to be longing for you to say, for you to have. It's one. It's one way or the other. It's one way or the other. You either saved or you ain't saved." Right? You're either gonna serve God or you're gonna serve your money. You're gonna serve God or you're gonna serve man. Like and because the the world is looking for some clear uh, uh lines in the sand between what's right and what's not right. And what we've got, what you're talking about, Matt, and what we're doing, who we are, is not about elevating us above no. anyone else. It's about no. what the word says, which is what he calls us a remnant. That's yes. what we are. We are a remnant. We are the elect of God that have that ha- that have decided that we will not be deceived by the enemy. That we no. will make it in, and that we will fight for uh, the kingdom of God to come to earth. He's Jesus told us mm, to win, to yes. pray. When we pray, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it, like, that's how, and we, and you know, he said the kingdom suffers violence and the violent, we have to take it by force. So what does that mean? That means we have to come up against the Pharisees and the Sadducees and religious yes. leaders and church yes. leaders who are, who are, who are bound to their structure. I was serving in this church, the last church I was serving in. And I had a guy, there was a guy who came in, I was in Baltimore, the guy who came in tattoos all over his face. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I really admire my guy. Um, I really wish I could meet him and just talk to him just a year ago. One year. This boy has been, this guy has been saved for one year, Pastor, Pastor Matt. One mm. year. His name is John Gabbana. The man used to be a rapper, was heavily into, um, you know, gang, you know, gang stuff and all, all kind of drugs and everything. And he had an experience, ended up going to jail, in, in the hospital, ended up going to jail, had an experience with God, Holy Spirit. In the jail, he said he yeah. was laying down in his bed, and the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he was he could he was he was shaking uncontrollably and crying, and Holy Spirit was ministering to him. Today, the man has he has tattoos all over his face, all over his body. He has an eyeball tattoo of an eyeball mm-hmm. in the middle of his forehead, but he is saved. Set free and on fire for God, evangelizing, using his platform to be an evangelist, getting other people saved. Now, even over the past year, I've been watching some of his videos and sometimes he'll slip up and say a curse word here and there or whatever. But the man is saved and he's he's like, I am convinced that God saved me. 
yeah. a person like that came into my church where I was pastoring mm. in Baltimore. Same kind of deal. Mm. Got saved. I prayed for him. I walked him through the sinner's prayer. I prophesied mm. to him. And he was, he received. I mean, genuinely in his heart. Mm. And I was like, okay, my, 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 my leader, Pastor Brenda, I probably shouldn't use people's names, but my leader, um, I go, I go to her and I say, all right, what do we need to do now? What can we, what can we do to keep him engaged? Mm-hmm. We don't want to just send him back out into the world with no discipleship, with no, nothing to anchor him because he needs to be anchored. And she said, well, we can't. Now, mind you, the Lord told me, the Lord told me that he was to be a pastor. And an evangelist. That's what he told me. And that's what I and that's what I told him because that's what the Lord told me. Yeah. But she said that well, we can't put him in the front of the church. Uh maybe maybe she can maybe he can do something like with audio where he can be in the back or whatever. And I and I looked I would literally looked at her in full shock because I was like, That is what people need to see in the front Amen. of the church. Amen. That's what that's who they need to see. Amen. They need to see that people are like them. Yes. They need to see relatable people. They mm-hmm. need to see people who are who don't look perfect, who may have some have some have some blatant and very visible imperfections that God will still use. Yes. They need to know that regardless of what they're going they've got going on in their lives or what they had going on in their lives up to the point where God saved them that it doesn't matter God will and can yes. still use you. He yes. will. He really yes. will. And he and and we don't do enough of that. No, we we need to facilitate that and that's those kind of people those two people you just mentioned that's the kind of people that God in this in this season is using to blow up and destroy the old religious mind. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, I mean, to the point where, like, I, I you know, our friend Sakira, she, she had a dream. She's a prophet too. Uh, she had a dream that there was a transgender woman. I think that's how. I don't want to be incorrect or you right. know, bring any problems, but it was a man. That had that had had a that had you know had breasts, and he was ended up laying right. like he was laying hands on people. People were getting saved right. and said he was he was preaching and laying hands on people. And she saw this in a dream, and she said, "These are the type, these are the people that God will redeem and use to bring about change and reform in the church." God forbid, you know, a transgender person show up in the church. <laughs> problems, wow. big problems, wow. you know, and that's that's what we're talking. What you're talking about, Matt? Like we, this exactly. Is, this is these are the people just to just to mess with us. This is wow. what I think. This is what I think God is doing. The Holy Spirit is doing just to mess with the, with right. those those stoic old religious people with those mindsets. He's he's using yeah. people like that just to mess with them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what 20, I mean? And I love it. I'm yeah. all for it. I'm like, right, me too. Home. But maybe 20 years ago, the old Matt guy couldn't have received that. <laughs> you know, I thank God. You know, I thank God that he's know. changed your heart and that he's well, yes. and he's brought you into the light. You know, like there's a lady, not a, I don't know, uh, a person next door that 
went from being a man to becoming a woman mm. and they love to ride motorcycles and they have two Harleys mm. and I've gotten friendly with them. Yeah. And they even let me ride up to the coffee shop with them on their other bike. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, I mean, there was a time I would have had a hard time with yeah. that, but not anymore. Yeah. You, you know, know, Tammy Faye had, had the has experienced the same thing. I mean, she became really, you know, she was very famous. I mean, you know Tammy Faye probably better than I do. Right. Um, she became, she was a very famous televangelist and became friendly with the, the LGBT community at that time. And that was back in the day, you know? Um, and that's, and this is what you see what happened to her. And, and, right. um, but this is what, these are the types of people that God wants. I mean, I, you know, that's, right. and that's, that's where my heart is about it, Matt. And it's where yours is too. Um, I know for sure is that it doesn't really matter what I want. It doesn't like, it doesn't matter what I like about you or dislike no. about you. No. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't, does nothing, nothing really matters. What matters is that God wants you. And, right. and yeah. when you know yeah. that God wants you, when you know that despite of you know what you have cho- chosen to do or what you decide to do or what you do or don't do, God still wants you. That man, that 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 hits. That hits the heart. It's like I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you think. I don't care who you are, who you say you are, or who you say you're not. I still want you. Amen. And I I relate this like you were saying on one of the classes we had in the King's Company school there, you were just telling people that one of your callings was to the LGBT community. And, you know, I guess because in management, I learned to work with those people. They were some of the best workers I ever Mm -hmm, had, by mm -hmm, the way. mm -hmm. Uh, I never had issues either with that. But I know Christian friends of mine that do. You don't. But, you know, I'll say this. There were a lot of people, religious leaders out there in the day that were criticizing Jesus for going to see the sinner, right. for going for going to lunch with the sinner. Yeah, that's right. But that, that you know, that's right. It's going to be the same for you and I. It's going to, and, yeah, and you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's, that's what, and that's what you, <laughs> you had asked. Um, you know, how do we get to the point where we, you know, teach others that God is a Father? That's how we do it by doing it the way Jesus did it. I mean, He gave us a perfect model. He did. I think what has happened, and and Matt, you have much more experience in this than I, much more experience, period, than I do. And so maybe you and you're and you're a bona fide amazing teacher. So maybe you can shed some light on this. But I think what's happened, Matt, is that this quote New Testament church are have structured the church how how uh, Paul has structured it, you know, by giving, you know, giving some order to it. And they stuck with that versus focusing on what Paul focused on, which was the teachings of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Jesus didn't have four walls of the church that he could go. He didn't have, he, he didn't even, a lot of times, you know, when he did meet the few times that he did meet in somebody's house, it was like, you know, if it was if it was in today's time, the fire marshal would have had to shut it down because it was right. filled to capacity, right? You know, and he so a lot of times he had to meet on fields. He had to meet, you know, out in the you know, an open space and he had to get up on the on the um what do you call it, the, the ship 
to be able to teach and everybody like he had to do that. And I don't know, I don't know what kind of microphone setup he had, but like maybe his voice was just boisterous <laughs> enough for everybody to be able to hear. And he for we talking about five thousand men plus women and children that he had to everybody heard him. Everybody stood there and, and learned from him. We we Jesus didn't Jesus did not run a church. Right. Right. Whereas in the New Testament or or down further in the New Testament, after in Paul's day, they didn't have a choice but to meet in churches because of the the times. I mean, they didn't have a a choice but to meet in homes because of the times that, you know, the the, uh, surrounding that where, you know, it was illegal to be a Christian. So they had to hide out and, you know, just come together wherever it was convenient. And, you know, people would open up their homes and, you know, and and, and they they would sing. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, learn of the work, and so on. And, uh, you know, he, then Paul wrote all these letters to these different churches and these different regions, right? Uh, and then so today we have structured our church after that, but we, we don't, we forget that that's not how Jesus structured it. And there's nothing wrong with meeting in a church. There's nothing wrong with meeting with the four walls of the church. There's nothing wrong with having structure. There's nothing wrong with it. We need that. Like, you know, there are people, we need to have a place, for example, for the orphans to come and for the, and for the widows to come because we're supposed to be, you know, we should have a place to take care of them. And that's what you, you know, you would have a church for, for people who are hungry and so on. Um, and, and we do a lot of good things with that, but it's not meant to be a place where, it's not meant to be a um, a monarchy or, or a, a, no. a, a setup like a monarchy where they have the, quote, apostle is the king. And then under right. that is the prophet. And under that is the this. And then under that. And, the, and then the, or the pastor is the head. And then, you know, they put pastors on um, pedestals and all that. <laughs> all the things. That's not how fivefold ministry works. It's never I'm, how fivefold ministry was supposed no. to be. No, I, I, you know. Seeking now, unless you have some more things on your heart, how we might kind of land this and bring it home, yeah. uh, the thought occurred to me, you know, and, and it goes back to your life. You, you're now um, – and we can put in a plug for this because you and I are sold out to it. Um, you are the dean of the King's Company. I guess we're still calling it coaching school. I'm not sure. Yeah, if the title we're stay. We're we're the yeah we're still calling it a coaching school. It may change uh, here. And However, there. you know. Um, from that time down there in Tampa, it was like, um, to me, it was comparable to a miracle that you had, like when Jesus would, or Paul or whoever would pray for somebody and their eyesight was immediately restored. Mm. Your spiritual eyesight, your spiritual life was immediately transformed, immediately. and I can tell that. Now, Ooh. I'm not saying that you didn't have a bit of a process after that, but it's it. like night and day, just like you said. And then here I remember watching, because you shortly after that, or at the same time, I'm not remembering all the time, you started to do the Thursday night coaching session where all the people can come and uh, you coach them and you teach something and you give a lot of time for people to speak. You're real patient with that. Sometimes they go two and three hours. And I remember sitting there one night and God talked to me because I love to listen to that. And he said, that's your pastor. Yeah. So I know you're a pastor, and the way you're talking to your pastor, but I think you fill all these things. And I uh, like pastor, apostle. I know you're a prophet, evangelist, teacher. You do all those things. And what I see is no man said Justin Blair is now our dean of students, or Justin. Well, we did, but <laughs> Justin Blair is now our pastor. God 
elevated you to that position because of the atmosphere and the freedom of the community that uh, Apostle Tyler Frick has established. Yeah. And it's like, you know, God gave me that revelation. That's your pastor. But I know at the same time, he must have been given other people that too, because shortly after that, they said, yeah, he should be the dean of our students. Yeah, so. that, isn't that isn't that interesting how <laughs> the Lord will do that? And and for me, I'm I'm just like oh, I'm I'm happy to do that so long as I don't, it doesn't require me to change, right? I want no. to continue to be the vessel that God has called me to be, so that I can do things and learn how to do things like Jesus did. And, and that that you know you know Matt that takes. That takes some learning, right? Because right. every person in the world is different. So there really is no... Uh, you can teach things conceptually or, or in principle, but how, to, how each person applies it in their life is, is really unique and really different. And I marvel sometimes when I'm studying the Word and just thinking about, and the, and the whole Holy Spirit is... Uh, taking me into the wells of wisdom and history and all that, just to sort of get the feeling about how Jesus was when he walked the earth. I marvel at how Jesus handled each and every person very individually, very, very individually. Exactly. And dealt with, like, and he was able to deal with those issues in the, in the most, in this, in the most, in the, just in the most, in the slickest kind of, coolest kind of strange very weird ways right and that's why i embrace the weirdness i embrace <laughs> i embrace all of this crazy because i'm like all right lord what do you want to do here this time and that's how we should be right and that's that's the environment and the space that i try to create for other leaders um, right. in the school um and you know that i believe that that's what people can appreciate. Um, and it's really just because that's what happened with me, Matt. I mean, Tyler did the same thing with me. He just gave me the space. There is a song right. that I love. I think you might know it called Lean Back. Mm -hmm. Originally yes. sung by Capital City, um, the Capital City Music, which is right here in D.C. And then I think Maverick City also sang it uh, afterward or somewhere. Uh, and there's a line in there that says, you brought me here to rest. Mm -hmm. And you've given me space to breathe. And mm, I'll yes. stay here until it sinks in. So like you mentioned, for me, yes, there was a spiritual eye-opening immediate. But there was still a process. There were still things that I had to learn about God. And like, like I said in the beginning, I'm learning about God as my father every single yes. day. I am yeah. not by any means perfect. I do not have everything right. I don't do anything. I, but but here's the beautiful thing about it. Something that I used to beat myself up over all the time. I no longer strive to be perfect. I just strive to be a son. I want God mm, to be pleased with me. And I think about, good. I just think about what that's like. And I invite him in to every aspect of my life, even the aspects of my life, some of the bad habits that I have, I invite God in and I talk to him about it, honestly, I'm, I'm because he knows anyway, right? So like, yes, why not yes. Why not just be honest with him? Really, mm. when you're trying to be dishonest with God, it's really you're just being dishonest with, your, honest with yourself. Whoa. And the prophet, yes. William, I'm sorry, this man was a prophet. 
He really was. If you go back and read his his work, you will find that there are so many gems and uh, wisdom in William Shakespeare's work. And he mm, wrote, okay. he wrote in Macbeth. I think it was Macbeth or either Macbeth or um, the other one. I, I don't remember. But he said, "To thine own self, be true. Mm. Don't lie to you. If you gonna lie to anybody, don't lie to yourself." Because if you can be honest with yourself, then you can be honest with God. Nobody is saying that you have to be, you know, that you have to start, you know, telling all of your business everywhere and all that kind of stuff. He did. The Bible does say confess your faults one to another, but you have to use wisdom in that. Right. And he'll give you, you know, he'll give you the he'll give you the Lord will show you how to do that. But, you know, you can be private without being secretive and you can certainly uh be honest with God and and I tell you that's the process that I had to go through after that moment is is learning that he's not going to beat me up mm, he's not going to reject yes, me he's not going to push me away just because I have these he knows that I have these things already and then he started to show me everyone else that he used in the Bible, all these big names that we see in the Bible, like David and Gideon and Abraham and, you know, all the ones that we love to talk about. He showed me every one of their flaws. And I said, Mm. oh, wow. I mean, it runs deep. Rahab was was listed as one of the mothers of Christ. And she was Mm -hmm. a whole prostitute. International high level (laughs) prostitute. That's who she was. Ruth wasn't even an Israelite. Also named mother of of Israel, uh, mother of Jesus, mm. came through that lineage. I mean, you know, we can go down the line about how messy the messianic yes. line is, right? And how messy, how much they, you know, even so, Judah, you know, slept with his daughter in law to create mm. twins that became one of the mothers, one of the fathers of David. I mean, it's just, mm. you know, this it, there's no such thing as perfect. And when you no. get that, if you have a good leader. That will that will really drive that home with you. Walking with God will be so much easier for people because they have they'll realize that they don't have to hide anything. All right, Lord, if you're a homosexual, give it to the Lord. I have a lot of homosexual friends that only and what I tell them, I was like, you know what? If you just practice putting God a God, not people, not church, not anybody else, but putting your love for God above your love for being a homosexual, I guarantee you something will change in your life. Amen. And that goes for any habit. It goes for any, if you want, if you're a smoker, before you, I tell people this all the time, if you're a smoker or you have trouble with porn or sex or anything, whatever it is, I said, but when you get the urge to do that thing, before you do it, go into worship. Mm. That's it. Then see how you feel after. That's good. Right? See how you feel? I know that for me, if I go into worship first, by the time I'm finished in the presence of God, I'm not, whatever that, whatever that urge was, is gone. It's finished. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I love the Lord for that. And, you know, I, 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 that's what I teach people. And that's what I, that's where I think we need to get, uh, where we need to be in terms of making sure that, um, we are allowed, that we, that we get to that place where we're teaching like Jesus. You know, you know, Matt, 
this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Just just going back to going back to it. Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, the enemy seeks to sift you as wheat. But don't worry, I've already prayed for you. Mm. And Peter's probably perplexed, like, oh, Lord, what are you talking about? He said, Peter, before the rooster crows three uh, crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Mm. Oh, Peter's like, no, not me. I know, I'm, I ride or die for Jesus. <laughs> you're right. And he did it. He did it. He denied Jesus three times. And then he and the Lord allowed him to hear that rooster crow. And Peter ran away. He got back on his boat, stripped himself naked, and was like, I'm not doing this no more. Mm. Forget this. Jesus had been crucified by this point. He says, I'm forgetting this whole thing. He was depressed and upset. Not because Jesus had died, but because he actually denied him. And he said that he wouldn't. Mm. But this is what Jesus does, different from what the church leaders that, that we grew up with did. This is what Jesus does. Jesus rose again. Yes. And when he rose, <laughs> he sent Mary. He said, go and get my disciples. And he said, go and get... He, he didn't say go and get my disciples. He said go and get my disciples, but there was one disciple he called by name. And he said, go and get Peter and the rest of my disciples and tell them to meet me here. Mm. The same one that Jesus said, I pray for you already. And the same Peter that said, Jesus knows no way I'm going to deny you. And Jesus didn't kick him out of the church. Didn't right? kick him out of the church. In fact, he, he called him to come oh. close. Yes. Even after he did all of that to Jesus. And you know, he would have did the same thing to Judas if Judas could right. get himself together. I, I totally agree. He would have done the same. If Judas hadn't committed suicide, he would have done the same thing for Judas. Same thing. That is the kind of leadership, Matt, Matt that we are fostering in the King's Company, that we're, that we are just, right. that we need to, those are the types of leaders that we need to be. The ones that, yes. the ones that won't push you away just because you do something wrong. Mm. Just because you make Amen. a mistake. Amen. Right? And that's, Amen. that's just not what I experienced. Ooh. Even in the church that I grew up in, we had to be perfect. We had to yes. look just so and talk just so. And, you know, you know, every little thing we did, we couldn't, we couldn't, it was always this guilt or this shroud of guilt and shame that we just live un, lived under. And it, I think it's a little bit different now. I had the opportunity to visit, to visit with a friend once last year or maybe it was early this year. I don't know. And, and things seem to be a little bit different. I don't know, but it's, it's still not for me mm. because. Wow. There's just a lot of familiarity. There's a lot of things that are a lot of familiar things that I remember. Uh, it, it's a lot of the ways that it makes me feel. I'm like, man, you guys are still doing that. You, oh, you're still doing that. It's still like this. Hmm, that's interesting. You guys are. I mean, these, you know, my home church. They they have plenty of word, Pastor Matt. Plenty of word. Right. Fat, well, fat, you and I, fat. you and I both know what Paul said. Also, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Yeah. And it's in our weaknesses that really. Yes. When a person is free, and we could go on and on. And there's vulnerability and authenticity, and they know they can go to Pastor Justin mm. or Pastor Matt mm -hmm. or Apostle Tyler and talk freely. That's it. 
that's where the transformation that's comes. it and and that's 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 the that's the uniqueness that we are and that we have mm. look look at the guy and this is the last i promise this is it and there you know we can, we can start. <laughs> remember when jesus healed the young man uh his eyes he he spit on the ground he healed his eyes yes. and then the young man not only did he receive a spirit of a physical transformation with his eyes but he received a spiritual transformation too because just as you said he at that moment he became free because he was put on trial by the church right he was yes. put on trial by yes. the church and he had the boldness to be able to say, look here, you know as well as I know that God doesn't listen to devils. So you sitting here calling this man a devil. He prayed and he told and he he did this thing. And my I said, all I know, he said, all I know is that I, I was blind. I was blind. And yes, now I yes, see. Yes, yes. And you know as well as Hallelujah. I know, Pharisee, that God does not hear devils. See, it's that boldness wow. that we need as believers to be able to confront head on the nonsense that is in the leadership in the church. And that's Amen. what you were saying. That's what you were just mentioning about boldness, about freedom. It was like, look, I was blind before. You guys knew me. Even his own parents rejected him. He was like, look, mm. he's of age. I'm not trying to get kicked out like him. You talk to him. They knew this boy because they were like, isn't that the same boy that had been begging all of these years? That had been blind all of these. Then they begin to question: Was he really blind? All the things they begin to, do, and then they kicked him out because of his boldness, because of his freedom. And he went and he found Jesus, and Jesus asked him, "What do you believe?" And he said, "I believe you, Jesus. I want to go with you, Jesus." He said, "Come on, let's go." And mm -hmm. then the rest of the rest is history. And that's what that's where we are. We, yes. we and we're raising. I'm raising leaders. I mean, you you know, Matt. I'm raising leaders yes, to be you are. bold. And to and to confront, excuse me, the enemy right in his face, excuse yes. me, and say, "Look, not so." God said Amen. this, and I believe it to be so. Amen. And um, that's that's the time. I mean, I, I'm telling you, the uh, night and day, elder man, night and day, because I was not, I would not have been like this. Three four years ago, right? I would have been afraid to speak. I mean, you know, afraid to afraid to offer my opinion. I mean, Tyler gives me the freedom to be able to hear from God. Yeah, and and do. I mean, I remember. I'll never forget. Tyler said to me, "Justin, I trust you," because I used to go to him with all my topics for Kingdom Life. Yes, yeah, all the things, and he was like, I, "I trust you. Just go go ahead and do it." I was like, "What?" I never yes, as a leader had ever said anything like that to me ever. Mm. Mm. Wow. So wow. So rich here, Pastor Justin Blair. Yeah. Uh minister extraordinary. <laughs> I am just um in awe. And I think we've kind of come to a good place where we can end this now. Yeah. Uh is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything that we can uh you know put out there uh, to bring attention to what you're doing or what you're any needs you have what could we do 
You know, not um, right now, um, Elder. Thank you for asking. Not right now. I've got some things in the in the in the works for. I'm getting ready to start a men's group called Council of Kings. Um, mm, that'll probably start sometime. That's good to hear. Yeah, sometime. Um, if not March, then um, April. First, very first thing in April. I'm planning on relocating to uh, the place where God is sending me, which is um, Atlanta, Georgia. Trust me, it's not wow. my first choice, but. Uh, I'm headed there in April. So, um, just prayers, you know, you know, the prayer has no bounds and it has no, it's not restricted by time or space. So if you, if you just keep praying for me and, um, you know, keep believing the Lord for me and that, that he will provide and give me direction and Mm. keep me clear, keep my head clear. Uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that's all I could ask for at this point. Thank you. Amen. Well, let's do this. If I could impose upon you, please do. Uh, two things. One, you'll come back again. Oh, right? I will. I will definitely come back. Uh, again. Yes. And number two, will you uh, take the Kingdom Corner podcast out in prayer and pray for the people that listen today, tomorrow, and in the future? Yes. Can you do that absolutely. for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. Father. Oh, Father, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. And we're mm. so grateful for your goodness, for your kindness. That's better than life. Father, I lift up every listener to the Kingdom Corner podcast with the great Matt Guy. God, you you know the impact that you want this ministry to have. And I pray that you would accelerate, accelerate it in the name of Jesus. Every single yes. person whose ears grace Amen, this podcast. Lord. God, I pray that there will be miracle signs and wonders that will transpire within them, oh God. Let them be stirred up. Let them be fed well in the name of Jesus. And let them be able to go and articulate and repeat the things that they've learned here in this corner, in this Mm. kingdom corner from the great Matt God. Lord, I lift up my brother, my elder, my father Mm. in the faith. The great Matt guy, Lord, I, you have shown me so many things concerning this man of God, and I'm seeing it day by day come to pass. Mm, And I thank you, Lord God, that you did not allow the enemy to, to sift him as wheat, that you did not allow him to fall by the wayside, but you have given him, that you have consistently reignited and kept the fire burning in within him to continue on. Despite what the enemy tries to do to him, despite the things that he goes through, he pushes forward and he pushes on. And I pray, Lord God, that you would restore, that you would provide, and that you would continue to give him anointing after anointing after anointing, Lord God, and fresh wine, new wine, new oil every single day in Jesus' name. That when he opens his mouth in this podcast, the fire of God will go out and reach Far, far, far in Jesus name. Lord God, let the reaches of the kingdoms, uh, let the reaches of the, of the kingdom corner with Matt God be expanded. Broaden Mm -hmm. its horizons, oh God. Broaden its reach to become internationally known, translated Mm -hmm. in many languages in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. And I declare that the kingdom corner with Matt God is blessed beyond measure, Amen. blessed beyond what it can receive in Jesus' name. I hallelujah. I, I see 
uh, that Matt, you're going to start receiving very soon donations, money coming mm-hmm. in through this platform and because of this platform. And you're going to be able to use that to go and do mm-hmm. missions mm-hmm. for the Lord. Um, hallelujah. God, I thank you. Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.